0: Good Hamlet, cast thy knighted color off, and let thine eye look like a friend on Denmark. Do not forever with thy veiled lids seek for thy noble father in the dust. Thou knowst tis common.
1: Camp. i'm zach powers and this is stage of fools the unofficial royals podcast tonight we'll be discussing season four episode three seek for thy noble father in the dust liam makes a big move with the evidence he has on robert while eleanor uses her status to help others meanwhile willow and helena profile robert's potential brides Three episodes into the season, and finally things are starting to happen.
0: I yeah, uh, I mean, I feel like things, in spite of the last episode being kind of a little bit of um, wheel spinning, especially because I th- the plot lines seem to, at this point, possibly be pretty inconsequential. Um, I think in the first episode a few things happened.
1: I mean, I think that's true, but I still felt like the first two episodes of season four were so far missing, like, a big, absurd, this is why I watched the Royals moment. Whereas this episode definitely delivered. I would actually say with a couple of those... Uh, scenes that i found to be definitely worth worth watching worth tuning in for um mainly this week the thing we're gonna be talking about is the escalating conflict between liam and robert which is uh, pretty much the least detailed way I could describe it, I guess. Uh, Liam believes that Robert was involved in a conspiracy to pay someone to kill their father, and Robert has at least conspired to have one person attempted assassinated that we know of, so. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, they are heavily implying that, uh, he was the one behind the attempted Jasper assassination. Having said that, I guess they haven't fully confirmed it. So they theoretically could be going for like the ultimate switcheroo.
1: This is a classic but, Royals move though, to do that. Be like, well, we're not going to tell you for sure, for sure. We're just going to make it incredibly obvious. But, like, I would say the person doing the most hinting that Robert has done it is Robert himself.
0: Yeah. Um. Now, my, my, if I had to make a... Bet, given the history of this show's treatment towards Liam and their favoritism towards Liam, I'm assuming by season's end we will find that, yes, indeed, he actually did organize the assassination of his father. But uh, it just happens that these payments were above board.
1: The show seems so determined to have Thing, you know, work out with Liam as the hero. And I think this episode more than ever, we were asking ourselves why. But, and I, I
0: will give them the credit for one thing. So uh, the payments that Liam... Was tracing were done through a banker to pay Ted Price, a person that Robert personally saw on a regular basis. Now, why you would include a, a banker or a third party in these payments? When you could theoretically just not have any rec- like paper tra- trail or anything of that nature to show that they ever happened. If it were for a murder, does not make a lot of sense, in my opinion. So yeah. it makes sense that they were above board transactions. Yes, I at completely least, agree. Or at least that uh, robert had an excuse for them if somebody found out like it could be that he was lying to everybody they were for murder payments (sighs) but uh, he just told everybody oh it's uh it's money to make up for the fact that his wife died in our service
1: yeah i guess it's anybody's ball game at this point but liam is highly determined to bring things to a head he comes storming into the room where robert is uh I don't know. I wouldn't say anyone hangs out on this show. Robert is having a little tete-a-tete with his mother and uh, his social media manager well, yeah. slash potential bride, Willow, yeah. and pushes a gun in his face.
0: I mean, that's the climax of the entire episode, but yes, that does eventually occur.
1: But it happens I feel like it happens somewhat early in the episode. I'd say
0: it happens in the last 10 minutes.
1: This just goes to show how much it dominated my attention. I feel like anyone who watched it this weekend who was tuning in, that's the scene that they're probably thinking of. Because there's a whole sequence of,
0: aside from the other storylines, which we'll talk about later, um, most of the episode is dominated by, I feel like Liam has this information and Cyrus reasonably is like, we're going to use it at the appropriate time. And then there's a number of scenes of Liam not following that advice and being very, like, threatening to Robert in a way that is not advantageous to him in any way, like, prior to pulling the gun.
1: Yeah, I love it. He walks into this moment where Robert is studying, like, the official portrait he had done of himself. He walks into Robert's, like, zone. and
0: vice versa. Liam is staring at Robert's portrait and seething.
1: I'm surprised. And
0: Robert says something cutting to him while he's standing there. Yeah, no,
1: that's where. Liam immediately starts a fight and then bursts into tears when Robert makes his first response. Like Liam is pasturing all tough and then Robert's like says some remark about him being like selfish or something and Liam has a complete breakdown, cries and walks away without responding. Well,
0: what happens is okay, first of all, I want to I want to get this out of the way because in this regard, Cyrus is completely correct. He's like, okay, we have this uh, information regarding Robert. And what we're going to do is we're going to sit on it. And then we are going to reveal it at the perfect time when it will do the most damage. And until then, we are going to lay the fuck low and not let anybody know that we have this information. Which is, of course, the thing you would do if you had half a brain. If Cyrus is... A schemer in the sense that he has the basic conception of how a scheme would work. um, That any common sense person should have. And he's like, so Liam, for now act fucking normal and don't say anything <laughs> Liam to anybody. decides to
1: dress all in black and be on the verge of tears constantly that is his version of acting normal yeah, keeping so it together to be
0: fair the first part where he goes to robert's portrait and stares up at it and sees is actually normal for him <laughs> that is his normal way but the second robert walks in and says something he's like he immediately says to know for reasons unknown to anybody <laughs> I've got damaging information on you, and just when you're flying high- highest, I'm going to have you arrested in front of the entire country. Why would you tell him this? Just to make it so you're on his radar? Like, if, if, the, <laughs> if this information is accurate, this man is a murderer who killed his own father. And you're heavily implying you have evidence that he was involved in the murder of his father, and you're like, and we're going to reveal it soon, giving you time to, what, murder me? <laughs> Putting me on your radar? So Robert's like, Oh, I'm sure you have nothing. You're even, he says, You're a shadow of Cyrus oh, because yeah. at least Cyrus was king for a minute.
1: And then Liam cries and walks away, which was maybe my favorite moment of the episode. Not to spoil favorite moments, but it was very good. I also think it's really funny that Liam is wearing all black since I won't pretend that the thesis of the show is still to be a modern Hamlet, but once upon a time, that was the idea. And he's finally costumed as he should.
0: So point two for Liam's course of action having this very sensitive information after telling the person who who he is trying to spring a trap on that he has a trap ready.
1: Also the way he got this information I just I want to refresh people they straight up tortured someone like for real not pretend yeah tortured someone. Now you
0: can debate whether Boone was instructed to torture somebody but he definitely did torture.
1: And the show at no point had a problem with it. I mean every time I see that title card created by mark schwan pop up and then i see what follows i'm always like yeah it really is no surprise that this creep uh got nailed also
0: I, i'm not entirely certain why boone would be working with them anyway because i don't know what his reasoning is i guess maybe they have something on him or they kept revenge him out of on robert i guess revenge on robert that makes sense okay so moving on uh that's that's episode <laughs> one territory everyone
1: on this show is motivated by revenge so that's always my guess
0: so point two of liam's master plan drawn in cray. he's Told Sarah Alice's crayons.
1: <laughs> Liam's disembodied hands entering the frame.
0: And wrote Liam's master plan in different <laughs> color crayons. Step one, get information. <laughs> Step two, and then in parentheses after that, it says Cyrus does almost provides almost everything.
1: I provide the sex having, which is the thing I'd be doing even if I wasn't working on a ski.
0: Step two, tell the person who we're setting a trap for, that we are setting a trap. That's step two. (laughs) Step three, in violation of Cyrus's advice, immediately go to Jasper in the hospital and tell him we have this information. And he also says to Jasper, we're going to spring it on him when the entire nation is watching and get him arrested on like national TV. And Jasper's reasonably (laughs) like, maybe you should just like get him arrested privately so it's less embarrassing for your entire family.
1: Liam's like, I'm actually going to do neither of those things and just fuck it up completely. And I mean, Liam has done everything he can to, like, basically tattle on himself. He has told somewhat of this conspiracy theory to Eleanor, who, in spite of the friction between Robert and Jasper, doesn't at all hate Robert or think that he's evil. He's made the mistake of talking about it with his mother, who definitely does prefer robert just openly prefers him uh it's kind of like a lion in winter situation and uh he keeps talking i mean he's conspired with jasper who in my opinion should be loyal to his girlfriend eleanor supposedly the love of his life and let her in on the fact that her one brother is trying to ruin and or murder her other
0: but one but to to his credit doesn't he by episodes he end? eventually yeah.
1: does but this is after they've already tortured and fucked the information out of people
0: yeah although jasper was not involved so much in the at least the fucking information <laughs> out of people part as far as i know he has no idea that uh that liam was going after this girl because he was she was a banker's daughter i don't know if he ever shared that information with jasper because he was busy getting shot and stuff <laughs>
1: And like telling Princess Eleanor, you're my girl. Yeah. That's my Jasper impression. You're
0: my girl. Uh, regardless of that, uh, step four in Liam's master plan.
1: Oh, I'm already exhausted.
0: As far as I could tell, unless I'm forgetting a moment, is to have a complete fucking mental breakdown. Like, he looked like he was on, he had just taken meth.
1: Ideally, do it in front of the target of your plan, someone who could definitely unseat your plans, aka your mom, the Dowager Queen, and a girl you used to have a crush on just for kicks and embarrassment.
0: Hopefully, though, this does free Willow of her crush on liam
1: i swear to god okay there's an episode of how i met your mother where people are like in the friend group are realizing deal breakers about each other and every time it happens you hear a glass shattering sound effect over a shot of their face this was willow's glass shattering moment for liam like by the end of the episode she's making goo goo eyes at a music box robert gave her that is supposed to look expensive and luxurious, but looks like it should have been a gift given to Sarah Alice. So I think it's fair to say that the show is definitely trying to communicate that she's over him.
0: He steps to looking like he had just done some meth. He walks into a room with his mother and Willow and Robert.
1: Yeah. Okay. So they've made him up a bunch to look terrible. But also, can we say William Mosley, handsome guy, he is too jacked. He's looking super veiny in those arms.
0: He's unusually veiny, even for a jacked person. I feel like he's he's got a lot of vein going
1: yeah I don't want to like body shame him obviously he's in good shape and he's a handsome guy but it's weird you can see like the cords of his arms standing out way more than on another person with arms of that same size it, it is a little bizarre and like kind of distracting in certain scenes to be totally honest.
0: Yeah, I feel like Tom Austin probably has similarly sized arms but I don't...
1: He doesn't look like that at all.
0: Yeah, or the fellow who plays Sebastian.
1: Yeah, the, the guy who plays Sebastian is actually more jacked but he doesn't have those ropey yeah. arms.
0: Ropey arms regardless though they do play <laughs> they do play into the impression that like, he is on some kind of serious I drugs. Agree. Though they never show him consuming any... No, um, but I
1: think there's some visual symmetry with Cyrus there. I don't think he's meant to be on drugs either. I think he's overcome more with emotion but i think from like where robert and helen are sitting i can see how it would seem to have a cyril l
0: yeah um well they're clearly trying to make him like connect him with cyrus like the running theme of the season is liam is becoming cyrus like he's losing his soul losing his way in his fight against robert like it's a whole beware ye who fight monsters kind of storyline i think um but Anyways, he goes in there with Willow and his mother and Robert, and he's like, Willow and Mom, I have proof. He was making these payments to Ted Price, and uh, I believe he was doing it to orchestrate the murder of, of our, my father, your husband. Willow, you don't have a particular connection, but he was the king. Um and helena is like oh we knew about these payments your father knew about these payments he was making them because ted lost his wife to an assassination attempt on the king and robert felt bad and wanted to make it up to him through money i guess
1: I'm raising my hand because I have a lot of questions. Number one, why was their son, who must have been very young at the time, uh, because, you know, it was, like, not that long ago and he's not that old of a guy. Why was Robert the one in charge of paying Ted Price reparations for his wife's death when it was, like, kind of a whole royal family thing? Slash the royal family, like, as an administration. Slash branch of the government. Slash why wouldn't Simon and Helena be the ones to do it?
0: It's, it's. They make it imply like it was. They imply like it was uh, Robert's idea, and he spearheaded it because he was an enterprising young man, and they were both very proud of him for coming up with the idea. Now, why he decided to do it in a series of payments. <laughs> I'm not entirely clear on. Um.
1: Maybe he had an allowance Is doling out part of his allowance, like his charity allowance, the prices for to cover Ophelia's education. I think they're kind of playing with the idea that there's maybe like he's trying to pretend like it was a soldier connection. He says that Ted lost his wife in the line. Robert is also a soldier, so maybe that's part of the connection. But um, I think it just kind of goes to show that the show has really forgotten who King Simon was as a character because he was never someone to let even a servant go overlooked. He would never, ever, if his head of security was in a situation where he was in financial straits and he had lost his wife while protecting King Simon, Simon would have never hung him out to dry.
0: It doesn't make any sense, but that but is But Liam what...
1: is still terrible and don't think I'm siding with him, dear listeners. Yeah,
0: it makes literally no sense- Maybe later they will explain it in a more cohesive way or there'll be a reveal about these payments that in fact they were for murder or something, but we'll we'll find out, I guess. Don't get um, your hopes up, folks. I suspect that Robert was involved in murder most foul at some point still.
1: Murder.
0: Um, but at this point, his name appears to be cleared of uh, the most horrendous crime of patricide.
1: At this point... Robert is really flying high. Like, he seems to be very adored by the public. Um, surviving this supposed assassination uh, attempt made, has made him even more beloved. And then Cyrus starts talking about how Liam's goofing this thing has made him even more beloved. And He, like, throws a newspaper at Liam with Robert on the cover. I guess the idea is the palace wanted to get ahead of the Robert had been paid. Oh, that's not the impression that story? I got.
0: The impression that I got based on the headline was that while Liam was fucking around telling all the wrong people this information, Cyrus leaked the news to the media and he, because he says they've already put a positive spin on it. So, well, maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe he had, I thought maybe Cyrus was trying to leak it to the media to make them look bad before the palace could spin it. But I think you're probably right that I the think palace Cyrus
1: was just like you said, Cyrus was like, don't release anything. Don't leak anything, Liam. And then the palace was like, Liam knows about this. Let's go ahead and release it. And you're put probably right. Our- spin on it.
0: That was a little vague, but something like that happened. Either way, the implication is the story had already been given a positive spin by the palace to make Robert look like a more generous dude.
1: I don't even think it needs a positive spin. It's a positive story. If you don't right. know of the conspiracy so, that Robert may have tried to pay to kill Simon.
0: Right. So I think, but I think Cyrus's plan might've been like, when we get this information out there, we're going to release it on our terms to make the start of the story look like these were murder pins Yes. Even if they weren't, we're going to make him look like that. Liam finds out that these were above board payment. His response is to have like a full fuck. Th- like he's already breaking down. He has an even more, he sweats even more profusely. He is 80% percent flop sweat.
1: He's like bulging in the face during these confrontations. His face is red and all the muscles are strained because he, put, he started himself at such a high place of emotion that as an actor, he had nowhere to go throughout the episode since he was already in tears during, his first confrontation with Robert. Uh,
0: So he insists, in spite of what everybody says about these payments, his mother knowing about them, not surprised at all, immediately having this explanation. um, He says, no, I know he set up dad to be killed, pulls out Cyrus's uh, revolver and... Which I think is, it's the same revolver from the finale, and I think the same revolver that Cyrus's body double used to kill himself, so I feel like it should be, like, in an evidence. <laughs> but anyway. But did
1: that guy ever even exist, or was he a figment of our imagination? I don't
0: know. I just don't. He did not make the news. It's implied that people regularly die in Cyrus's bedroom uh, in that episode, so who knows. Uh, they probably just covered it up. They probably dumped that guy in the Thames.
1: They put him in a Sweeney Todd-style murder vault that Cyrus keeps a trapdoor to. Yeah, yeah.
0: One of the figgy puddings that (laughs) fell on uh, Helena's head last season was made out of an old servant.
1: Oh, no.
0: Anyway. (laughs) Uh, So he aims this gun at Robert, insisting he killed his dad. And it's increasingly clear that he is intending to kill him. And just as it's very obvious that Liam is about to pull the trigger, he is knocked out cold by Eleanor, Who, uh... I think she says... This is why we don't spend any family time together.
1: Yeah, even though she was the one who had been pushing for a family gathering earlier in the episode, which we will get to. But this just goes to show why Eleanor is the people's champion. She made Liam stop talking when I really wanted him to stop talking. And I think that since Robert and Liam are both so terrible, the show is making it pretty obvious that she should be the one on the throne.
0: Well, even that may, may be the case. But to this point, this is the most interaction so far that Eleanor has had with the A-plot of the season. The A-plot plot of still, the series! Yeah, I mean, she's still completely sidelined to do, like, uh summertime frolics with Jasper, like, setting up little dance party, what have yous. Um... Yeah, she's like not given any agency in the main plot of the show. Still, even though she's ostensibly kind of the main character, like all the promotional material isn't her, but uh, she's not given anything to do in the main. She still hasn't for seasons has you'd, essentially had no role in the main plot of the. Show.
1: You'd think they stack her third on the poster. It goes Helena, Liam, and then Eleanor behind them.
0: I think Helen is in front because people recognize Elizabeth, Elizabeth Hurley.
1: Hurley because they have never had any idea what to do with Helen as a character ever, and we will get into that ever since. They decided she wouldn't be Gertrude from Hamlet. But yeah, I would, I've said this for episodes and episodes. If you have been listening to the show at all, then you'll know that it drives me insane that Eleanor has been so sidelined from the political machinations of the plot so that she can have this just person to person, just anguish with Jasper, season after season of, you know, contrived reasons for them to break up, contrived reasons for them to get back together, contrived reasons for them to think about how much their relationship means. When Alexandra Park is such a fun actress, and I think Eleanor is a great character, she also is close to both of her brothers who are not close to each other, and she has fully reconciled with her mom. So she might be the only person in the family right now who can act as a go-between with all parties, especially because Eleanor and Cyrus have never really majorly clashed. Uh,
0: Cyrus is vaguely antagonistic towards her in the way that he's antagonistic towards everybody, and I'm not entirely sure that... Calm or peaceful negotiation. Cyrus is a hostile player. He is an actor acting on bad faith in this negotiation. He is functionally like the North Korea of the family. (laughs) That's true.
1: And there was that one time they made a weird joke in the Christmas episode about him molesting her.
0: Yeah. Which
1: I'm not trying to be tasteless. I don't think that actually has happened in the world of the show, but it's the sort of thing the show thinks is cool to joke about.
0: Yeah, I don't believe that they intended that for that to be real, but they certainly made that joke.
1: God, no. That's not what I'm trying to say at all. It's just that the show, it's weird that the show, like, goes there. I don't know what point I'm making with this besides just the overall weirdness of interactions between characters who are supposed to be family has become so par for the course with the show.
0: Anyways, Eleanor has no nothing more to say on the events of the episode regarding the time that her brother shot Almost shot her other brother for the rest of the episode. She disappears again from that storyline completely after being this deus ex machina.
1: Well, because she has characters we've never met before and don't care about to interact with.
0: I do want to finish up with... um, So the question becomes, what do you do with Liam after he tried to murder his own brother? So they don't call the police. They call head of security james hill cuff him to a chair in james hill uh, hill's office and when he comes to james hill gives him a little test to see if he's sane after this attempted murder
1: it's like when your dad comes into your room after your mom's already yelled at you and gives you like a very soft voice talked about how you do better but you're not really getting yelled at
0: it's and the so he's like, whether or not you go to prison will depend on how you answer the three questions. These three questions. Okay, the first question. This is his fucking troll riddle series of questions to determine the emotional and mental state of one Liam Henstridge. All right, question the first. Who are occupied this office before me now this one i suspect is like uh who's the president right now what year is it kind of like are you mentally sane
1: it feels like a trick question to me because, because we all not. know yeah. ted price worked in a giant clock tower yeah
0: maybe i guess it's possible james hill removed the clock uh because having a giant ticking clock behind you feels ominous and creepy <laughs> but uh yes so technically. I don't know who filled that office before because it is very likely a different office. But in the (laughs) metaphorical sense of office, meaning this position in the family, the correct answer is Ted Price, which Liam correctly answered. Okay, so Liam is oriented to time and space and aware of at least a few realities of the planet that we were living on. Okay, check. Question two. Now, this is the trickiest. Was there ever a time that Ted Price was a good man this
1: is a sort of philosophical question is. where we really need to spend a few hours breaking down what makes someone a good person right. so what makes someone a bad person thoughts actions words
0: so the episode we didn't discuss this before is actually five hours long and four of those hours are james hill and uh liam going over aristotelian ethics kantian ethics uh the teachings of John Stuart Mill and trying to decipher whether or not, at any point in his life, Ted Price fit the qualifications in the minds of these philosophers as a good man.
1: Yeah, we can finally see Mark Schwann's Chekhovian influence coming through because mm-hmm. the show is really becoming a story about the decay of aristocracy right. and what effect that'll have on both the wealthy and the poor, and of course as well in going to those long Brechtian sequences where no one would speak for a maybe five to ten minute sequence, right. but they tapped the table in silence.
0: And by the Randian definition, he, you know, went after what he wanted with without regard to society's rules <laughs> or laws. And by that degree, he of course was a good man consistently up until the end because obviously he disregarded what society told him to do and followed what was in his own self-interest and what he wanted
1: some of that was a joke but uh he really did get asked wait what's the security guy's name james hill God. I'm tired, guys. One of the, James maybe Hill, the
0: best character, he's probably the best actor on the show. and the
1: best actor. I'm so sorry, James. Please the, forgive me. Sarah Alice, the child God, do not strike me down for misnaming your father. The Please! Only,
0: the only Royals cast member, as far as I'm aware, to exist in the Star Wars universe.
1: Anyway, James Hill really does ask, was Ted Price ever a good man? Liam says yes, and for the record, I agree.
0: I think that is probably true, probably the correct answer, I think. In the shape in true shakespearean form ted price was probably driven mad with grief
1: yes because his wife's sexy mean ghost kept showing up in lingerie to taunt him and feed grapes to herself
0: exactly it became like a post-mortem lady macbeth i guess
1: pretty much
0: um anyways uh so after that he kind of has a monologue about I don't know. People's characters changing or some shit. I can't remember what he talks about. It's not particularly well written, but it's like sort of like, here's a lesson you can learn from the fact that Ted was good and then he became bad. The same thing could happen to you, young man.
1: And of course, Liam is still tied to the chair, just bang.
0: Question three. Now this one I feel like is a no brainer. I feel like whether you're planning on doing it again or not, you answer the same way. The question is, will you ever do this again? He says, no. But I mean, (laughs) I don't know who would say yes.
1: Maybe. Like
0: maybe like if this were like uh, a David Fincher serial killer like movie or like uh, Mind Hunters where they're like the people were asking like, if you were out of here, would you kill again? And like Edmund Kemper's like, yes, like that guy would say (laughs) yes. But I think Liam would say no.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's dumb, but he's somehow not that dumb.
0: That's true. He fucks up in every other sense in this this point they say he's a shadow of cyrus but like that's insulting
1: to cyrus it is
0: because cyrus would handle this so much liam is an emotionally driven wreck and cyrus while he is a drug addict and erratic
1: (laughs) he also threatens to kill himself like every other week just to ruin people's party
0: he is occasionally effectively good at blackmail emotional manipulation um various kinds of like
1: we're supposed to believe he's like gaslighting. Poli- yeah. yeah like he has he's politicians a schemer. in his pocket. He, he's like, he's worked su- his way to actual political power.
0: He successfully worked his way into being the King for about a year. Um, and anyway, they let him go. Those are, that's it. That's the, that's the test Liam is given and he is free to go. Uh, but he confiscates the gun. Cyrus's gun is confiscated. Threat averted. <laughs>
1: Yes, because the super rich prince who everyone loves and trusts will never be able to get another gun now.
0: Though, to be fair, there are... They say he's like a mini, a miniature Cyrus. Let, let's be clear. In the first season, there were multiple scenes where Cyrus pointed a gun at Simon, ran into the room where Cyrus, Simon was with a fucking sword ready to kill him. Yeah,
1: and a nose full of cocaine at the same time.
0: Yeah. So in that regard, maybe because Cyrus just occasionally is like, fuck it, I'm going to kill him today. <laughs> But Cyrus didn't go all mopey and sad about it when it didn't work out. Like, yeah. And even when he pointed the gun at him and the sword, he's like, no, now's not the ideal time. Liam has no such compunction.
1: Yeah, he could have Dick cheney to his brother in the first episode of the first season. He did not.
0: Because he knew it was the wrong time.
1: Let's get into what Eleanor <laughs> is up to before she enters that fight and knocks Liam out with a heavy object. Was it a vase?
0: Yeah, it might have been like a statuette or a... Bust. I think it it's was immaterial.
1: Bust, yeah. So, as you might have predicted, she's spending a lot of time at the hospital laying on top of Jasper's wounds, even though he's supposed to be in a lot of pain, like, like can't I'll... put his shirt on by himself. And she's like, what if I just lay my whole weight on top of your body? But not even in that much of a British accent, because I've noticed her Australian accent coming through more and more in these past few episodes. Maybe I'm just getting more familiar with with um, Eleanor Park's voice.
0: Um, Yeah, there is in fact a scene in this episode where Jasper is trying to put on a button up shirt and is in so so much pain from his gunshot that he is unable to get his arm through the armhole of the shirt. Without help.
1: And yet they had sex standing up last yeah. week. He so explain that.
0: He also is unable to walk without aid from a pair of... Those,
1: cr- those crutches that brace onto the front part of your arm. I right. feel ashamed of myself for not knowing the word. It might be crutches.
0: Yeah. Like the wound is in his midsection. So I'm not sure. Like his, his legs, legs are, are still doing work. But like I could understand if the problem was when standing you walk... Standing yourself up. Like when you walk, your midsection does work. But like, yeah. even if you're using your arms in that way and still kind of using your feet, I would think your midsection is moving. So a wheelchair, that would make sense to me because then it would just be shoulder and arm move. But I think with these crutches, you'd still be getting like your stomach, your abdominal area
1: would still be doing a lot of work. Anyway, Jasper is the current press darling, which is one of the few things in the Royals universe that absolutely would make sense for the real world, too. A young, handsome, expat bodyguard who, like, tells his sob story on national TV, who tries to, like, give his life to save the young, popular king, and apparently has, like, a secret love. Uh, he would be incredibly popular, so it makes sense to me that he is very famous right now in the world of the show in a way that he hasn't really been up until now. Uh, so for the first, really not the first time, but I guess they're making a bigger issue of it now than before. Eleanor and Jasper are putting some effort into somewhat hiding their relationship from the press. And so Eleanor's like, I guess I'll spend less time at the hospital now. And Jasper says that her just spending slightly less time at the hospital would be more painful than a bullet and he's just actually been shot. That's how I feel every time I close the door on Zach so I can, you know, shower or pee or have a moment to myself. It's more painful than a bullet. There you go. (laughs) That's how love is, and if you don't feel that way, something is terribly wrong. No, I'm just kidding. Their weird codependent relationship has never done it for me um
0: interspersed in this particular scene by the way is another uh the only other time Eleanor has any connection with the a plot in that she tells Liam not to be a fucking crazo and try to get along with Robert (laughs) advice he ignores and she's like do it for x do it for y do it for and I think the last one is could you at least do it for me and he says well I'll do it for that last one and from off screen you hear Jasper go Oh, and it's very well-timed and very well-delivered and... Liam says something about how he wishes Jasper were still in a coma because he's making fun of their their familial bond. But I think the joke lands. Retelling it is obviously not as effective. But I, the thing about Tom Austin is, on the occasion he is given comedic material to work with, he usually does pretty well with delivery, timing, all that kind of shit. It's just not incredibly often that gets it.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I think he has a real dry wit, and when that has a chance to shine then jasper becomes such a more likable character i would also say that's true of liam who used to get comedic moments a person that made his loverly stuff with ophelia a lot more tolerable yeah anyway to make an excuse for why she's at the hospital all the time eleanor uh reaches out to some kids there who are very very sick but specifically just one well
0: she gets she's opening (laughs) a pile of fan mail on jasper's chest
1: Oh, I forgot about that. How could I forget about that? It has
0: become her desk. Her bed, her desk. It is all of her furniture. Her table for meals. Yeah. Jasper's chest is a one-stop. It's the ultimate IKEA product. And the letters remind her... That there's injustice in the world. She had forgotten about injustice.
1: But she also would really like an excuse to be at the hospital seeing her boyfriend a lot.
0: Yeah. So she meets,
1: who should meet? Betty something?
0: Boudreaux. It's like a B. It's a double B name. Yeah.
1: It's like Betty Becky... Babcock or Becky Babbleton or something.
0: Becky Beaufort or something like that. It was
1: like a cast off Harry Potter name, basically. Like some reject Hufflepuff who didn't make it into Dumbledore's army would yeah. have this name. Um, and I don't really want to go through beat by beat of all this sick kid stuff. It's pretty much the exact sort of, oh, there's a sick kid who's not really visibly sick in any way except she has some under eye circles and I'm going to inspire her with the power of heteronormative love. Uh, Eleanor comes in and looks at a collage that she has that features Eleanor and Jasper and some cute tween boy that this girl has a crush on. And Harry Styles. And Harry Styles. And Eleanor talks to her very briefly about the actual nature of her illness. And the girl is like, I'm trying to be brave, but I'm scared. And Eleanor cries. Then the focus is immediately shifted back to, hmm, how can I make these two 12-year-olds kiss which is a little creepy for an adult to be meddling in i'm not a huge fan of adults playing matchmaker with children even when like in this case it's obviously very wanted i was
0: thinking i I immediately thought of uh i can't remember the exact line but tobias funke saying per cupid i shall play
1: It's exactly with that level of finesse. But it's cute. She sets up this nice dance for the kids, which regardless of her weird gender roles, motive, I think, you know, the kids still enjoy themselves. And it's nice to see this girl, like, have a party with both sick and non-sick friends. And of course, Jasper and Eleanor do the super unhealthy thing of attending the dance and, like, projecting themselves onto these kids like they are their avatars. Because remember, you don't love anyone unless you loved them when you were a small child. Your true love is the girl that you had a crush on in kindergarten. Fair enough. And that's always true. So, of course, these 12-year-olds are together. Of course, they're just like Jasper and Eleanor and they're the going true love forever.
0: The little actor boy seems nervous.
1: He seems like he's like getting his lines out to Alexandra Park as fast as he possibly can so he can get an adult woman to stop looking because it's just too much pressure. And also... Eleanor and Jasper are saying weird things about these kids where, like, it's obvious that they're acting like these kids are, like, vessels for themselves, like oh, this boy is a bad boy. Maybe he's just stringing her along and trying to make her, oh, want him so much. And Jasper's like, maybe he just wanted her to have a chance to have fun with her friends. And I'm like, Jasper, when did you ever let Eleanor have fun with her friends? Because Sebastian is here and you're being a dick. it's,
0: It's technically more overt than that because she says, like, Jasper's like, oh, what's the deal with this kid? And she says... Well, you were on the poster too, so maybe she has a thing for bad boys.
1: Okay, I think I blocked that out because it's really gross. We should not talk about young girls this way. But yeah, that was indeed the line, and of course the show is setting it up that way. That's okay. (laughs) But yeah, Sebastian comes to DJ, which is hilarious. He's like a ridiculously good-looking dude. He's surrounded by all these tweens who look like they should be a you know a bar mitzvah or something right now trying to win t-shirt prizes and uh jasper has been this whole time acting like sebastian is in some sort of cutthroat competition for eleanor's hand but it honestly seems like sebastian and eleanor have been platonic friends from jump street
0: yeah there's absolutely no romantic flirtation of any kind in any of their interactions they talk to each other like they are friends yeah which is
1: great i love that i love a male female friendship on a show because that happens in real life and jasper just keeps trying to like basically bait sebastian and and it's there's a part where
0: since jasper is injured he can't dance so sebastian dances with her and the intent is to make Jasper jealous, but there's nothing in the performance that implies it's to get closer to Eleanor. It's exclusively just to poke fun at Jasper.
1: Yeah. It's like Sebastian is making fun of how silly it is for him to be jealous because like he and Eleanor hold hands and like dance around like the way you would if you were kids pretending to waltz. Like it's not like she's like grinding her butt on his crotch or something like that. They're surrounded by actual children, but the barfiest moment of the episode by far Jasper, on two separate occasions, thanks Sebastian for not being a monster like he is, I guess. And on the second occasion, he specifically says, thanks for taking care of her while I was gone. And Sebastian says, well, you know, she's the kind who can pretty much take care of herself, which is such a nice response to an incredibly insulting, condescending, and patronizing compliment that is so rude to both Sebastian and Eleanor, like, the cat as human being. I I find Jasper so frustrating because I really don't think it's Tom Austin's fault that he gets saddled with this stuff, but it's like, it would just be so nice to see him and Sebastian have like some funny, witty banter together where they could actually get along. There's no reason for him to be acting like a jealous jerk who's going to be like checking your phone to see if you have any guy friends texting though.
0: Yeah, well, especially uh, considering, well, one, like Eleanor's attitude, it's mentioned, but Sebastian specifically but even during the dancing scene like Eleanor's attitude is also one of like let's just fuck around with Jasper it's not one of flirtation absolutely. but uh secondarily like now that Liam has become like uh like a sue like an Anakin Skywalker circa episode 2 oh my
1: gosh yes
0: kind of figure jasper really does need like a friend who's like just a fr- like not a relationship not sarah ellis who's a little girl who he's good around but like is not somebody you could talk to about <laughs> shit or like be an adult with just like a person who can be his friend
1: or jasper needs to become the person on the show who's the funny friend yeah he kind of has two paths right now and you know that his bad santa dad is coming back so he might as well adopt a friend
0: that reminds me two things i wanted to mention i'm gonna mention this now in case i forget last episode there was a part where robert told eleanor that if she fretted about jasper it would literally tear her soul apart and all I could think about was Hellraiser, which literally features the line, I'll tear your soul apart. We'll tear your soul
1: apart. <laughs> it makes me laugh, but it also makes me very scared.
0: Um, And also, there were multiple mentions. So when talking to Wilhelmina about uh, the list, um, Helena says... You know, there are girls who would kill to get on that, possibly referring to her mother who literally had Domino killed to get her on that list. And later they overtly mention, uh, Eleanor mentions grandma, like she mentions her grandmother, who is not dead. Like she just disappeared from the show.
1: They didn't even send her to jail. They're like- If you don't disappear, we will send jail. So disappear. Two
0: mentions of this character. I'm wondering if they're trying to make us remember her because my ideal, like, Avengers crossover mashup would be that Bad Santa Dad and Joan Collins? Was that the actress's name? Dutchie.
1: I mean, Joan Collins is the actress, yeah. Yeah. From Dynasty and Dutchie was the character.
0: Joan Collins and Bad Santa Dad, not Billy Bob Thornton, uh, get together with possibly Robert to become a villain dream team. Looking to take out the ostensible protagonists of this show.
1: I don't know who can truly be rooted for besides Eleanor at this point, And even she has made questionable choices. But speaking of Willow slash Wilhelmina slash whatever name we made up for her last season, that was definitely neither of those. We were calling her Genevieve for a while, I think. Isn't her name Genevieve Gaunt? That's the actress's name. But we were calling the character Genevieve for a while. She's sticking to her silly assertion that she doesn't want to be Robert's bride even though the camera catches her making goo goo eyes like every scene she's in and they do kind of a fun montage where she's watching from the window as robert walks through the garden with a succession of different brides so like every time they pass a statue or a hedge robert asks a question and then the girl will change as the question is being answered and it's actually very cleverly edited
0: yeah i mean the actual girls are like the most stock stereotype girls yeah, you like, can imagine.
1: One girl says her most wild sexual experience was having a three-way with two dudes on top of Stonehenge. No. You can't have sex on top of the stones of Stonehenge. They're like an international well, treasure. That's, there's people around. There's uh, guards around. There's security cameras around.
0: Well, that is what uh, the privilege that wealth buys you. Mm, of
1: course, royal's privilege. The privilege many, of living in an alternate universe where real How many exists. times
0: has Elon Musk had sex? on top of stonehenge how
1: many times has elon musk thrown stonehenge into the sky into orbit just to see what happens
0: exactly yeah
1: A uh, willow watches as he walks these girls through the garden Then he takes them to a pretty generic royal lunch for some more light questioning. Then comes the true test. Uh, Willow sends the girls out ostensibly to walk through a crowd of paparazzi to the car that's going to take them home. And right after torturing one of the girls with tons of really mean paparazzi questions about... A girl
0: who... uh you know, she eschews adventure because she prefers, quote, philanthropy and books.
1: <laughs> Same. Um, But Willow doesn't like her because Robert says he does like her and to send her on to the next round. Willow sends her this crowd of paparazzi. who are like, asking her about her mother's alcoholism and she becomes very upset. And on the one hand, the British press are very savage, but on the other hand they are immediately revealed to be uh, actors who are well, hired by Willow so maybe Willow does have a bit of the conniving streak she needs to be Robert's wife after all.
0: To be fair I guess, if this woman were to date Robert consistently what would happen eventually is the actual press would get a hold of every bit of dirty laundry they could and ask her about it and expose her to it so it's not necessarily crazy to in front of that see how she would respond. To that.
1: It's not crazy but i think the show heavily implies that willow turns up the heat in terms of intensity of questions because robert liked this girl and that the questions are supposed to be as rule as possible you know it's i mean it'd be like insulting an actor in an audition a lot it's sort of not the same thing but it's also not really that cool anyway then a girl shows up who looks like a young elizabeth hurley slash helena like it's crazy they have the same nose they have very similar eye placement on the head Identical hair, identical style. They have similar bone structure. But more importantly, they have a similar, very, like, I'm a Kardashian wardrobe. Um, And it is the E! channel, after all. So this girl is a young Helena There's in even every ex- way. It's kind of the joke of it.
0: There's even an exchange later where... Well, Amina describes her as cold and calculating, and Helena says, that's what they said about me.
1: Yeah, and the joke is like, oh, ha ha ha, she's such a naive, yet she's also cold and conniving. She's
0: like, sort of like, uh, you've seen The Lobster, there's that sociopath character. (laughs) She's basically that character.
1: As I've said, they don't know what to do with Helena's character. Sometimes she's purely protagonist, sometimes she's purely antagonist. Sometimes she sits and straddles the in-between.
0: Yeah, I mean, Helena seems to have, like every member of her family, erratic emotional swings but um this girl is like pure full-on like pr mode sociopath like i want this and i am going to mold my personality around it and emotion does not enter into the equation
1: she's like if you combine paris hilton and oscar wilde because as she walks through the crowd of fake paparazzi after you know driving robert into a tizzy with all her sexual innuendos they aren't really innuendos she's just saying sexual things uh she makes the paparazzi the fake paparazzi just fall in love with her by turning all their like dirty anecdotes about her into just oh just but- charming adventures and she's like now I'm going to walk away and you're going to watch me go because of course she's wearing a super tight short lace up the back dress
0: and also it's implied like the questioning is easier but it's implied that it's because they could not find any dirt on this woman like she keeps her secrets very well so they just didn't have the kind of ammunition they had with uh books and philanthropy girl
1: I'm not shading her, though. Even though she is a mini Helena, she already seems a lot smarter than her and might already be one of the smartest characters on the show.
0: I don't know how recurring she will or won't be, but yeah. Right Um, now,
1: she's the only other major contender besides Willow for Robert's hand. But never fear, after Willow, like, who's very clearly jealous of all the other prospective brides, inserts this anecdote about where to get the best Chinese noodles, because some other girl gave the wrong answer on her application, Robert sets up like a beautiful fancy dinner for the two of them and in the big silver chafing serving dish is those takeout noodles to show that like he's a mix of fancy and just a regular casual guy this is such a stereotypical rom-com thing like something like this has happened in so many rom-coms like oh champagne but we're gonna drink it on a blanket on the floor Oh, we're having a picnic inside you know that sort of thing I guess so. I just think it's like a stereotypical rom-com thing between the fact that he got her a gift that is like, oh, childhood significance and uh, the meal thing. I don't know. I'll have to get in touch with some other ladies gentlemen who enjoy rom-coms. They can let me know if this is a real stereotype. I feel like it is.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, um, the only, uh, couple of odds and ends. Helena has a two scene romantic arc. This With was Colin. bizarre.
1: This was almost as bizarre as the body double in some senses. And I know what you're thinking, listeners, who's Colin? Who indeed? We've seen him once before? I'm not sh- Was he in the last episode? I don't think at we've all? seen him ever before. No, this is
0: his first appearance.
1: He's in two scenes this episode. Helen is like, finally, we're back together. We can restart our affair. And so for a second, I was like, did they recast the guy who was potentially Liam and Eleanor's biological father? But no, this is a totally different, handsome Blandling. He's not that guy it's Colin. it's Colin, and i it's it, Colin. <laughs> stop i don't remember it's not like i remember that handsome blandling's name either was
0: it spencer or lord pritchard Tinner and some shit
1: spencer was the staff member that she got mad at oh, her son yeah. for firing even though that was clearly the correct course of action um so this guy basically is this to sit and listen to helena complain about the fact that her sons are going along and go what can i do and while wearing trusts, no shirt
0: she already trusts this motherfucker because she like tells him like
1: they're rekindling their affairs at is, is it like they're rekindling is, their affairs.
0: i get okay well anyway she, she's very supportive and uh they only he's only in scenes in a hotel room without a shirt after they clearly just had sex and uh she's like oh i'm glad to have be back on the scene one Ah, back with the affair man, Colin. Colin the affair man Having is my, my favorite. I my affair
1: with my male mistress, Colin, who's not my husband, fair.
0: And also, my husband's dead, so yeah. who gives a fuck?
1: So I can just fuck whoever I want.
0: But, um, and then scene two Colin the affair man. I was so happy to be back in the affair with you, Colin, but now I've learned. The affair is bad.
1: I have to sacrifice the thing I love the most. You call in my affair boy who brings affairs to me and has an affair with. Like, that's basically the entire scene. She's like, I have to give up the things i love and i'm like we've never seen skyboard
0: that's it that's the whole that's the end of that subplot the beginning and end two scenes
1: i hate to fizzle out on that almost but r.i.p colin (laughs) what more can you say colin r.i.p.d we hardly knew you
0: uh I so, wish she would
1: die in a plane crash like Jack though. Then finally, uh, we do have to talk about how the episode ends because after Robert and Willow have their lovely little takeout food dinner, Robert is looking out his window at London. And he starts counting down. And as he counts down, the city slowly goes into a complete blackout with different chunks of London just like shutting off completely. And I guess we're meant to think from his countdown that Robert orchestrated this for some reason.
0: The entire city. The entire city goes into a blackout. Um, I, mm, uh, I assume he's. Why after the episode for about five minutes, I just looked at the cat and said, Luna, why was there a blackout?
1: <laughs> we were taunting our poor cat because we were, had completely lost our minds once and for all. But I was going to say maybe he thinks that if he induces some sort of a panic, he can like create another heroic situation for himself. Oh,
0: I assumed he was going to use the blackout as cover to kill somebody he thought was a threat.
1: Oh, yeah. He'll probably try to kill Jasper.
0: Yeah. Or Liam. Maybe he
1: should try to kill them both. That's what I would do. If I were him, if I were Cyrus. Yeah. If I were him, I would be Cyrus. I would rather be Cyrus.
0: Even though Cyrus is apparently dying. (laughs) Uh, yeah. So stay tuned next time for a,
1: why was there a blackout? hopefully
0: answered but maybe not
1: most likely not but hold out hope for us please
0: and i guess the things that i'm looking forward to next episode is that cyrus is like liam you're fucking bad at this but i'm gonna keep trying to do it because <laughs> and i quote i love ruining people's lives <laughs>
1: Cyrus needs to be the primary villain. Liam cannot handle this pressure.
0: But Cyrus is like, yeah, I'm gonna keep going. You suck, but I'm gonna keep doing this, and I'm looking forward to that. Cyrus really was kind of on the back burner this episode.
1: What is Liam Um, even going to do for the rest of this season? I feel like Greta is bound to come back just so he can have some romantic turmoil, because that character was built for romantic turmoil. And Cyrus
0: rightly calls him out and is like, you tried to be like the nice guy, but you also fucked this woman and manipulated her emotionally for information, so you're a and we thought maybe Greta was off the show but there is a text message from her at the very end of the episode so I assume she'll be back.
1: Also, like I said, it's weird that they would get someone who's definitely known in Britain which is at least one of the show's markets and have her for one episode. One and a half, I guess. Wait, why was this super rich girl working as a waitress when he met her? Never mind. Because her father won't give her any
0: money because her father fucking hates her guts openly to her
1: face. Well, she's no least what can I say all right I think that is basically it last week was so short and this week we ran longer because there was so much to cover so excuse us for the late release but uh, we had some scheduling issues this week and we knew that we had a lot of stuff we wanted to talk about so we uh, needed to give it its due diligence
0: um, favorite moment for me Uh, jasper's off-screen awe that's the moment i talked about the most after the episode i thought it was well delivered and it was so subtle shannon missed it
1: and he just wanted to rub it in uh my favorite moment was definitely when robert called liam a not as good version of cyrus because at least cyrus got to be king for a minute and liam had no comeback and cried
0: well that's it yeah i think (laughs) we've covered it uh next week hopefully we'll get Bad Dad and Joan Collins mixing shit up, Cyrus coming in there from the other direction, and it'll be a battle of the big bads.
1: Yeah, just because the Royals isn't a particularly popular show doesn't mean that their final season can't be a victory lap, you know? Yeah. Let's bring back some of the old faves. Let's bring back the ghosts of Christmas past for this family. Yeah.
0: Some, some great old characters we miss who can really shake things up and bring back, you know, top form Cyrus.
1: I'm also open to literal ghost Ghosts who have been on the show before
0: yeah all right i guess that's
1: it we'll see you next
0: week see you then eye placement on the hand.
1: (laughs) Zach is mocking me, but unfortunately, I broke and laughed first, so he wins that round, but not the war. (laughs) I was talking about something.
0: You were talking about her eye placement on the head.
1: You know what I mean. It's not just the way her eyes look. It's the distance from each other and where they sit on her face that makes her look so much like Elizabeth Hurley.